Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can in your life. You know people in your life who need to grow stronger in their faith. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. With family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around, ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. And really, this is an extended kind of study, but we're looking at, at different specifics along the way. We're talking about problems of the heart and not that muscle in our chest that beats every day. <laughs> I don't know how many thousands of times each day and sends fl- a blood flowing through our circulatory system all over our body on an ongoing basis all day long, every day, as long as we live in this physical life. Now, we're talking about something more profound than that. We're talking about our soul. We're talking about our Real, really our being with everything we are, everything that we have, everything that we profess to be. We're talking about our morality, our moral compass, our conscience, our mindset. We've read a number of times in Matthew chapter 15, verse, verses, 18 and, uh, verses 18 and 19, that Jesus said that, that evil actions, evil thoughts, evil words, they come from the heart. They're a product of our, the condition of our heart. And so we condition our heart every day based upon how we think, what we think, what we do, what we take part in. We're continually conditioning our heart. And how we speak, how we act, what we do ultimately reflects the condition of our heart. That's what Jesus is trying to get across. Well, we've talked about a number of problems of the heart already. Hatred, laziness, gossip, worry. And in this particular section, we're talking about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Now, we've asked some rather probing questions along this line. Is there somebody now in your life, or has there ever been somebody in your life to whom you have refused to extend forgiveness? Somebody you have refused to forgive because of something they've done against you, or at least you have perceived that they've done? And perhaps even the thought of that individual, even the mention of his or her name, generates within you anger and maybe even hatred. And you think, I'll never forgive that person. How could I? I could not forgive them for what they've done. Do you want to be forgiven by God for what you have done sinfully? Now, don't deny that you have been guilty of sin because the scriptures repeatedly emphasize to us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23. 
But when you go back to verses 10 and the several verses following, it says none is righteous. No, not one. We look at other verses of Scripture that, that tell us that, that we're all guilty of sin. And the Apostle Paul says the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Do you want God to forgive you of your sins? And all sin is against God, ultimately. Now, you may sin against somebody else, or somebody else may sin against you, but that's also sin against God, more profoundly. Do you want God's forgiveness? Do you want to be in heaven? Well, you, you may, you may you know, through some arrogance, make statements like, oh, I don't care. If that's where, you know, I, I want to do what I want to do. I don't care. If I go to hell, I go to hell. No, there will be no atheists in hell. There will be nobody in hell who would not wish that they had the one more chance to repent and ask God for forgiveness. But the devil's working on your mind if you refuse to forgive others because we've looked at text after text after text after text of Scripture, most of which were from our Lord himself, Jesus, who died on that cross for us, emphasizing if we want God to forgive us. Now, let's make that more personal. If you want God to forgive you, you have to be ready to forgive anybody who seeks your forgiveness for what they have done to you. Tough? Yeah. But think about what God did for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, toward you, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. Hmm. There's no way that you could make such a sacrifice. But God did that for you so that you could have the opportunity to be forgiven. But he expects you to forgive others along the way. As Christians, we are to forgive just as we have been forgiven. As we have been forgiven through the blood that Christ shed on that cross on our behalf, so we must forgive others. We read in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, which is patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Again, Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. Jesus is our ultimate example, and we are supposed to follow his steps. Notice his example as to how he responded to being wrongfully treated by others. Peter wrote, Who, speaking of Christ, 
when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24. Our lives should reflect the fact that Jesus lives in us. Colossians 1 and verse 27. How can we reflect that love, that compassion, that mercy, that grace in our lives if we do not exhibit it to others ourselves? When God forgives it, when God forgives, it is so complete and absolute, it is as though the sin never happened. He wipes the slate clean. There is no more record of it. In Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, he says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Did you get that? Are you holding on, harboring some hatred in your heart or absolute refusal to forgive somebody who needs your forgiveness, who you should forgive? What if God did that toward you? Just as we cannot give mere lip service to our faithfulness to God, Matthew 15 and verse 8, neither can we do so on the matter of forgiving those who properly seek our forgiveness for wrongs done to us. Romans 6 and verse 17, Ephesians 6 and verse 6, we must forgive from our heart. Matthew 18 and verse 35, can that hurt? Yes. But it will feel better afterwards rather than harboring that hatred, that unforgiveness and letting it eat away at our heart like a cancer or an acid. As we noted earlier, we also must be ready to forgive repeatedly if such is called for. When Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Jesus said, no, no, Peter. Seventy times seven. Unlimited. Forgiveness seems especially emphasized between Christians. The scriptures seem to emphasize most of all the need for brothers and sisters in Christ to be forgiving toward one another. And how sad it is when you see members of the Lord's church harbor grudges against one another and expect that God is not going to hold them accountable for that. Christians must always be ready to be ready and willing to forgive any spiritual brother or sister who may have sinned against them. And there can be absolutely no place in the heart of a faithful, dedicated Christian to harbor an attitude of refusal to forgive a brother or sister in Christ, providing that brother or sister in Christ repents and seeks their forgiveness properly. So important is open forgiveness between true New Testament Christians that God has placed mutual responsibility on both the offender and on the offended to purposefully work out their problems between them. When it comes to character, Christianity breaks the mold. We're not supposed to look like the world around us. We're supposed to be the example to the world around us. The principles of Christianity do not just uphold basic standards of character within society or culture. 
Christianity sets the standards. And Christian character is the model for all mankind to follow. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that a Christian who has wronged a brother or sister in Christ has the responsibility to go to that brother or sister and make it, make it right between them. Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24. And he also taught that a Christian who has been wronged by another Christian has the responsibility to go to that brother or sister and strive to reconcile the problem again between them. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. Notice Jesus places the responsibility for reconciling on both the offender and the offended. The emphasis is that Christians should not allow such matters to remain unsettled between them. They are to, they are to exhibit the love that Christ has for us, that he demonstrated by going to that cross to die for us. No bad feelings, no ill will, no sin can be allowed to stand between the relationship of brothers and sisters in Christ. The love of God commanded through Jesus to prevail between his followers. And that, could, that should preclude, that should do away with the thought of holding, harboring unforgiveness toward another brother or sister in Christ. My, my, how we need to learn the lessons. Let's pray. Father, help us, help us to be forgiving because we need your forgiveness and we desire it. We ask you for it, Father. Help us to exhibit that same grace and mercy to others around us and to reflect your love and forgiveness for us. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.